unnamed segment. Smog got swept. The reason I don't have a name for this is because I don't plan on doing this long term, but I thought while I had some time on the road, I'd talk to an old friend, Cole, about prospects generally and specifically about his prospects. So, Cole, welcome. Thanks, Andre. Hope you're driving safely. I am. I, I have everything as hands-free. I've got hands at 10 and 2. I'm pulling a trailer that's probably about 3,000 pounds, so I'm being about as careful as humanly possible. I think it's my job to tell you that, but yes, continue. <laughs> well, today on the today on the show, we're going to be talking about both prospects generally and three prospects that Cole has in his farm that are highly coveted, very highly rated, and could be seen in the major leagues as soon as this year or next year. Today, though, our first though, we're going to be talking about prospects in general, and well, I think we all kind of have the same opinion about prospects in this league, but uh, Cole, what do you think about prospects? Uh, in two words, fuck prospects. And I say that as someone who has gone hard on prospects in my rebuild. Um, but, you know, I, I, yeah, so in summary, fuck prospects, but I guess it goes deeper than that, so we can talk about this. Um, fuck, fuck pitching prospects, and I, I think we'll talk about this. Oh, 100%. 100% fuck pitching Five pitching prospects except for one out of every 15, and that might be being generous. Yep, so I, I have some data on this, and I can get into Ooh. it when you're ready. But I, I love data. Yeah. I love data, Cole. Tell me data. Feed me. Okay. All right, so I'll just jump into the data, because that, that's what I do. Um, so I went back to the Fangraph's top 100 list from 16, 17, 18, and 19. So... You know, these top prospects have had time to pan out, and I looked at the top five pitching prospects in each year, and if there were repeats, uh, then I just, you know, skipped them in the following year and went down the list. Um, so I'm not, I'm not going to read all the names, but, you know, Julio Urias, Francis Martez, Forrest Whitley, Jesus Luzardo, Alex Reyes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And basically, prospects are just, Total garbage, unless, except in very rare instances. So, my my data here. So the average points per game for for year zero, so their you know their debut year, while you still you know aren't paying them nine point five points per game. Uh, first year their rookie contract nine point seven points per game. Second year their rookie contract ten point three, and then. We get into total selection bias because only, you know, the actual good ones uh, get to years three, four, and five, but we go 11.8 and then 14.3, and then we get into low sample size, 8.9 points per game. So, and, and then, you know, I'll, I'll highlight the standouts from this list. So, uh, Lucas Giolito, if you held him through his, 7.4 point per game season, then, you know, you got rewarded with a Cy Young candidate. Uh, Blake Snell, he's been mostly shit, except for his Cy Young year. Uh, Steven Matz came out of the gate, like, fire, and then has been shit, so if you gave him a big three-year, you know, prospect deal, then whoops. Uh, Tyler Glasnow was really good, and then his arm fell off. Um, that is, if you could survive his 6.7 and 6.1 first two years. Uh, Walker Buehler is the one exception, but besides that, so 
how many guys did I just name there? Like five guys? Five guys. Five out of 20 have been useful. I mean, there's, there's other names on this list, but maybe it's too early. Like Sixto Sanchez came out of the gate, solid, but then arm troubles. Casey Mize showed a little bit of promise. Tommy John. Uh, Ian Anderson was really good in his debut year. He backed off a little bit, but, you know, jury's still out on him. Um, yeah, Mitch Keller, he was top of the list for years. He's just been, oh, shit. He, he has the top 10 points per game. Uh, and then just the list of guys who haven't even, you know, seen the big leagues. It's a, Honestly, it's a, that five out of twenty number shocked me. I thought I I thought it was going to be far lower than what sounds well, like twenty five like a twenty five percent chance. I thought it'd be something like a ten percent. Keep in mind here that I am only looking at the top five pitching prospects every year. So these guys, oh, I see. these guys are like top twenty five overall prospects. So I, I'm not looking down the list. So. So if we were to go top 100, most likely that 20% would turn into 10% or 5%. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. And among among the 10 or 20%, you have to deal with the growing pains. So Julio Urias, so I'm, I'm going to read his first four years, 11.1, 6.3, 6.2, 7one So for the first four years of Julio Urias, he was just unrosterable. Basically, um, so <laughs> more than likely, whoever owned him, and actually this is a fact in our league, the initial owner who was facing with Julio Urias never saw the fruits of their, uh, you know, of their labor. Like, so. Yeah. Does it does it seem to you that there are certain teams in the league that will matriculate pitching talent in a way that is helpful for us? And my, my thought is Dodgers and Rays are, are my two teams that I think will matriculate pitching talent that at least will work at the major league level sometimes. And on the other end of that spectrum, I can't imagine ever wanting to roster like a St. Louis Cardinal, um, hmm. a Cardinal pitcher, or a, or a Reds pitcher. And that might be unfair because Luis Castillo exists. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, Jack Flaherty exists. And um, that's true. I, I, th- I feel like the Cardinals are better than anyone at just like pulling some random shitter out of the, and then just turning them into a stud. But are we? But I mean, you, you, I think you hit on the the point there, which is that they're pulling a random shitter out of somewhere and turning no, them exactly. into a stud. Exactly. Exactly. So not, they're not pulling a top twenty-five prospect. It's like yeah. uh, who's it? And we're going to select for top twenty-five strike for top twenty-five. Pictures yeah. in our league because that's that's naturally who we're going to be attracted to. Is, is uh, it you that owns Spencer Strider? I do. He's the Brave. Yeah. So like, where the fuck did he come from? Like, yeah, was, was that, he top? Whatever. No. Absolutely. So, he had reliever risk all over him. He only threw two pitches. So no, he was not. Yeah, and like uh, McClanahan. Um, he, you know, he was on list, but every everything was like you know reliever risk. So it's 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 a brutal game that we play, and we're just we're all throwing darts, and hopefully we get lucky. Did we just spend five minutes essentially boiling it down to ten stops? Yeah, yeah, basically. Excellent. 
Excellent. Well, at least now we have uh, data-driven reasoning for why, you know, there is no such thing as a prospect picture. Oh, and final note on that, uh, Alex Reyes was, like, a top ten prospect, like, four years in a row. And Forrest Whitley. Forrest <laughs> Whitley was a top ten prospect for at least three years. Yep, and he has, he has not yet debuted in the major leagues. Yep. Uh, Anderson Espinosa was up there. Um, oh, wow. Now, now we're just going into the grab bag of, of old uh, prospects. Uh-huh. I remember bad. I had Lucas Giolito in the Yahoo League, and he was so highly coveted. And eventually he just did nothing for so long. And this, this illustrates your point perfectly that it's the second owner that's going to reap the benefits. But or he did nothing for so long. Or the third owner in his case. Um, he did nothing for so long and I gave up on him. And then I think the guy after me gave up on him. And then finally whoever owns him now at least has a usable pitcher. And had a Cy Young candidate last year. Well, I think it was Nick or somebody traded fuck all for Giolito, and then he became Lucas Giolito. He, he became basically who we all thought he was supposed to be. Exactly. Yep. Well, I, thank you for that. Thank you for that data. I, it is at, at once both uh, rosier than I thought it was going to be, and also completely confirms my suspicions with regard to prospects, especially prospect pitchers, that they are garbage. Uh, moving on now, Cole, I want to talk to you about three of your prospects who are not garbage and who will be good. Uh, that is uh, Noelle Marte, Grayson Rodriguez, and Robert Hassel III. So I want to start with Marte, who uh, you have a little homer bias in you for him. Uh, and actually, that, that kind of leads to my first question. What got you... Um, what got you to the point where you wanted to draft him in the first place? Was it just that as a Mariners fan, you hear tell of this hulking shortstop, or yeah, no, uh, it was pretty, pretty pure homerism. Um, I believe he, I acquired him in a trade with Zach, and I forget who I traded who I traded to acquire Marte. But you know, I'm, I'm happy with the trade. I think I actually traded to tell Marte for Noel B. Marte. Um, so, Mac, if you're listening, you, you might remember better than I. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I don't – in general, I don't do a ton of research on my prospects. Like, I don't go watch them on YouTube or, you know, do much more than, you know, fan graphs or you know, read random write-ups or here or there. But, yeah, the lovely Marte, you know, Mariner prospect. He's, you know, young, Dominican, presumably – I don't know if that's racist to say that. Uh, I can't find it. Um, I that's just a pretty good bet when it comes to baseball, but yeah. Yes, yes. Um, but, like, you know, that's kind of the profile of guys who become superstars. Like, you know, we're, we're all chasing, like, the next Tatis or Vlad or Acuna. Like, you know, nobody wants fucking uh, Dustin Ackley. So, yeah. Oh, another another pick from from Mariners hell. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, you you look for the profile of who could be a superstar, and you go get them. Cross your fingers. I mean, I I, I want to uh, stay on stay on Marte, but uh, actually, I think maybe it's a little bit of a bad rap. That it's not his 
I mean, it, it is his fault he didn't pan out, but it's also the Mariners' fault for not recognizing uh, that there was far more talent on the board than Dustin Axley. Oh, well, I, I mean, think he actually did have a pretty decorated high school and college career, so that, that may be unfair. He was really good in college. Uh, I don't know about high school, but he came up, and he actually, he, in his debut season, he was really fucking good. He put up three war. Um, and then it just went straight downhill. So. Well, uh, oh, sorry, I, I got a soft topic here. You, can, you got a what now? I, I, I got a soft topic, I apologize. Okay. Um, so, with regard to uh, Marte, um, he has, he kind of doesn't have to be what I would call the profile of someone that I would think that he he has a hit tool, which is, uh, let's say, average at best, and he really profiles for his power and for the fact that even if he doesn't stick it at shortstop, he should play a really good third base if he doesn't stick at shortstop. Yep. Uh, have you have you given any thought to, well, A, you know, what are you going to do when he comes into the league and he starts hitting, like, 220 in his first couple of years? Now, granted, that's probably going to be with great ISO and great slugging, but uh, are you at all worried about the fact that he's going to he's going to be a guy who's going to get rung up a lot while he's hunting room runs? Well, I mean, what I'll probably do is come on the next version of this podcast and have some data about fucking hitting prospects. But uh, his his stats his hit K rates aren't bad, so. Uh, 18% in rookie ball, 22% A ball, 22.6% in high A. So, you know, he's not a strikeout machine. Um, no, but uh, as, he, as he progresses and as he matriculates, that number will go up. Probably, but, you know, that's, that's the way of MLB right now. So, um, And, you know, hit tools change. So. I, I don't I don't I don't know if it's easier to grow into a power tool or to grow into a hit tool. Like which one? And I'm sure I'm sure people have thought about this. Like, is is oh, yeah. a good is a good hitter more likely to gain power, or is a power hitter more likely to become a good hitter? It's, I think, and I, I will use a, an example that I have personally for this. If I look at a guy like Jesse Winker who has always had a great hit tool and also great, um, a great approach to the plate, and came up and was thought of as having below-average power, they can get into a year, uh, like a good stretch where suddenly, for whatever reason, they develop league average or better power for a while. So I think, at least temporarily, those hit tool guys can get into enough power to be like a 30 home run guy. With regard to with regard to how I usually draft, I will look for, is there anybody with a freakish tool? And uh, right. uh, phrasing, phrasing, first of all. But is there anyone with a tool that is that grades out as plus plus? And in Marte's case, uh, that is, without a doubt, his raw power is plus plus. Um... So I, I I don't want I don't want to make it sound as though I'm trashing as though I'm trashing owner the ownership of uh, of Marte because I I would love to have him myself. Uh, he has one of those freakish tools 
that you then hope, okay, provided that this just doesn't get worse, this is already playable at the MLB level. Now he needs to work on pitch recognition, and he needs to work on jumping on pitcher mistakes and approach the play. Which there's no there's no reason he can't do that. He may be starting off from a level where he's behind other people at his same level in terms of that hit tool, but there's no reason why he can't progress. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, an example: Aaron Judge. He came up. He had you know obviously a freakish power, and I'm not saying Marte had Aaron Judge power, but Aaron Judge came up. He um, just looking at his stats. He struck out 44 percent of the time in his debut season. And then over time, his K rate has fallen, and now he's like MVP candidate. So uh, players can learn to hit, and if they are freakish sluggers, then pitchers just can't throw anything close. So it becomes easier for them to lay off. Yeah, and I think that is that is a sign of maturity that Aaron Judge has definitely reached, where he knows, okay, I have to trust my teammates. If I get on base, they're going to knock me in. I don't have to be, I don't have to be swinging at, at junk on the hope and prayer that I'm going to get some piece of the ball, and that'll be enough to get me on base. And I, I there's no reason intrinsically why Marte could not get there. Yeah. Awesome. Roll the dice. And again, all these prospects, I feel like we've said this a dozen times, are, uh, they're, they're all just basically, like, do you ever use, like, a, a random number generator? Um, I, I, I use a lot, like, when I play D&D. That's a fair point. All these players are just basically, like, the outcomes on a random number generator, right? You're hoping that it hits, if you're going one through 100, you're hoping it hits 100 every time, but it could just as easily be six, you know? Yep. And I guess... Six would be uh, Mickey Moniak or something. Um, and 100 would be Wander Franco. Although not this year. Uh, Julio Rodriguez. J-Rod. Oh, God. That guy's a star. I love that guy. All right. Moving on, I want to talk to you about Grayson Rodriguez. He's the number one pitching prospect in the minors. Uh, now, granted, he's the number one pitching prospect in the minors, and he's with the Orioles, and so that might give some pause. Uh, does that does the fact that he is with the Orioles, a team that traditionally has not done much with regard to pitching prospects, does that give you any pause? Uh, not really. Um, you know, Camden Yards is obviously hitter friendly, um, less so than it was with how they butchered the left field fence. Um, and then there's the concern of playing in the AL East and those juggernauts. Uh, so, you know, you don't, you don't love to see that in a pitching prospect, but would I rather have Grayson Rodriguez uh, in a tough division in a not-great ballpark, or would I rather have some guy 30 points down the list in optimal ball, ballpark? You know, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the talent, and I think the talent can play out, hopefully. And speaking of the talent, I mean, Rodriguez is the, he's the real deal. Like, there's no... There's no question on it. He's, he is the most talented pitcher in in the minor leagues right now. He has, I think, three or four plus pitches and one other pitch that grades out as average to good. That kind of pitch mix, when you can throw five different pitches that are all good to great, uh, I mean, that's reminiscent of like, um, and I'm not saying that these guys 
look at all the same on the mound, but that's reminiscent of like a Hugh Darvish, uh, who can throw, you know, six or seven different pitches and can place them well, can plan ahead for, for, uh, for batters. It's one of the things that makes him truly great. I, I would always hesitate to say that any prospect would reach that kind of level, but do you think that he has that kind of feeling? I mean, sure. It, it, it just all comes down to health. Will he have shoulder troubles? How many years will he miss with Tommy John? When will he miss them? Uh, like, I mean, I think every pitcher gets Tommy John at some point. So it's a question of when is he going to do that and how many years of production will he lose when he does. So, I mean, I was looking at his minor league stats, and they're just they're insane. Uh, it's, it's criminal that the Orioles didn't promote him before he had the lap strain. He's like, what does he have left to prove in the minors? But I guess that's the way it goes when you're rebuilding. I mean, how could they? How could they uh, put him in? I mean, their their five man rotation right now is so good. I mean, yeah. Who could, you, who could you possibly bump? Tyler Wells? Are you kidding me? Man, I I cannot name a single pitcher in their rotation. I I think I pulled Tyler Wells from the hat, and um, I almost said Kevin Gaston, who was a was an Oriole, I want to say three years ago. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, I, although I did stream an Oriole the other day, and they put up like 21 points. I, I think it's still lost, but yeah. They, did you stream them against a dirtbag team, or did you stream them like, against the Yankees? And it was the no, against, against the Texas Rangers. He fucking suck. Okay, uh, so dirtbag team. This, okay. this was the day that Ashton cheated and stole Brian Bello for me. Ah, I see, I see. Now, is that the same day where you were using a script to tell you when Brian Bellow would be available? Yeah, so I tried to cheat, but then I got mad when Ash now cheated me. So. Okay. Okay, it, that makes sense. It's, it's a garbage system that I'm uh, that we need to change, but that's a topic for another podcast. Yes, it is a wonderful system that we should never change. I completely agree with you. Um, so, with regard to uh, with Rodriguez, obviously you're awaiting the, the point at which you are going to be able to promote him. Are you going to promote him as soon as he's up, or are you planning on just leaving him in the minors? Oh, it depends. Um, so it looks like he won't uh, surpass his eligibility this year due, due to the last strain. I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Um, it's really nice when pitching prospects are in that sub-50 innings pitch um, because that's, you just you have another guy who you can – bring up and down as when you need them. Um, like, uh, I, I've had that this year with Mackenzie Gore and George Kirby, and it's, it's a great tool. And then once they cross 50, you're kind of stuck. You have to keep them on, on the roster. But um, So, yeah, I'll, I'll promote them up and down with sub-50, and then I'll, I'll see where I'm at after that. Yeah. I mean, the really nice thing about that is it's effectively – Provided that they don't throw them out there for more than six or seven starts at the end of the year, it's effectively an extra year of control, uh, exactly. which can be invaluable, especially but, with regard to pitching like, Well, this year with Julio Rodriguez, it is the absolute best case scenario. Like he debuted on opening day, so I'm getting a full year zero, like a full third year of rookie contract. So it's yeah, amazing. If, if he had debuted in August and he ended up, you know, with like 200 at bats or something, so you don't get the extra year, and you also don't get the full, uh, the full measure of uh, of his work for the year. Uh, that that I think is probably the worst, um, the worst outcome. But no, no, you want either opening day or super late. So the worst outcome is Jared Kelnick 
Uh, Kelnick came up last year, and he mostly sucked in his year zero. So then I had to give him a rookie contract. And now, this year, he has sucked and is in the minor leagues. So I'm getting nothing out of his first year of his rookie deal. So that, that's the worst-case scenario. Cole, I, I don't know if you can hear that, but that is, in fact, the world's smallest violin playing. <laughs> I, I honestly, I've, I've thought many times if I could pry Kalanick away from you. I'm, I'm certain if I had the right kind of package, I probably could, but I also... Oh, I think Andre, you're, you're the right package. Oh, thank you, buddy. Thank you. I, I got two kids, so evidently it's working. Um, also, also, side note, um, going off topic here, F, F you for j- trading Jesse Winker and not, and not messaging me. Honestly, I... I pulled the league. I pulled people who in the past have asked about him, and uh, uh, nobody had any interest. So I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to get off the money, get off the contract. I'm going to be starting fresh next year. Um, and I'm going to get an arm, which will be helpful for me for the stretch run this year. So I, I thought it was fine. Uh, I don't know. Would you have done better? Probably. No. Oh, well, maybe I should have asked you. Mariner tax. That's true. Uh, but then again, I also have Abraham Toro on the DFA team, and uh, I don't think I've gotten a single "Hey, how you doing?" For you. Well, he also sucks. So. Yes, well, I mean that—that that is a factor, certainly. Um, so I want to move on to the uh, to the last prospect we're going to talk about today, and that is Robert Hassel III. He is an outfield prospect for the San Diego Padres. Uh, he does not have the name recognition that Marte or Rodriguez uh, may have, but I think Hassel may end up being, and this is probably years down the road, one of the most impactful uh, prospects uh, uh, coming out of his draft class. And Cole, I I know um, we both watched some YouTube clips of them. We're both really like his swing, but uh, how did you originally get turned on to uh, to Hassel? Was it a prospect list? Did you uh, did you hear some news about him? Uh, how did you how did you find out about him? I don't remember exactly when. I think this was two years ago when I just had just a metric shitload of picks. So I think I had like four first rounders that year and just a ton of picks before we moved to the auction. Uh, so it's just like, you know, looking at unowned players on the top 100, looking at their age, looking at their skill set, position, et cetera. It's like, all right, I'll, I'll roll the dice on Hassel. Um, same year that I drafted Zach Bean also. It's like, all right, you're looking for someone who's young. Like, if they're 23 and still in AA, that, that says something. Uh, so you, you, you want the young guys. Um, and then people who say who's, Hit tool is the carrying tool. Um, I particularly like left-handed hitters. Uh, of just, course. Just the way our league works, you can sit them against tough lefties, and you know they they mash righties generally. Um, I think I carry six outfielders, and they might all be left-handed. Exactly. So it's just, uh, just the way many of us operate. So he's yeah, happy happy to own him, and I, I swear to anyone listening, I did not convince uh, Andre to hype up my prospects. Uh, this was completely his idea. Uh, but oh, no, I mean, well, thinking about it mechanically, would you rather I talk about three of your dirtbag prospects? No, no, I, <laughs> I, I love it. I want to talk about the good ones. 
you know, I, I might be shopping him in, you know, in a year or so, and people might remember back to this podcast and get excited. Well, uh, you can shop him right now. I'll take him off your hands. Um, now, I think one of the nice things about Haswell, as you said, he's, he's very young. He's got a lot of projectable uh, growth left in him. Um, I think Fangraphs has him as uh, matriculating to the MLB next year, which I think both of us are very doubtful on. Um, one of the reasons that I think I'm doubtful on him is, or doubtful on him uh, graduating next year, is that his power has not quite come in yet. So while he is quite good at hitting, you know, doubles into the gap, that home run power, that, or even warning track power, isn't quite there yet. Um, and naturally, that's something that could grow. But uh, do you see that? Do you see that as something that you have any kind of misgivings about growing, or do you think that's just going to come in in the natural course of time? So he reminds me a lot of uh, Kristen Yelich, actually. Like the left-handed swing, tall, lanky, maybe not a ton of power, but a very good hit tool. Um, So, you know, if he turns into Kristen Yelich, I'd be totally happy with that. I think in the show notes I had his ceiling as, um, like, the best version of Michael Brantley, which would be, I think, wonderful for you. You would would never turn that down. Yes. Um, Fantrax has him as the number three uh, fantasy baseball prospect. That is, I mean, that is very high praise from Fantrax. And I have seen him for, um, I think there's always a disconnect between the actual, like, MLB pipeline, which is just measuring based on MLB talent, and fantasy, um, you know, fantasy lists, which are measuring on fantasy baseball impact. And in, in, in neither case are you really going to see him below the top 20 of, uh, of prospects. He's, he is that highly regarded. Yeah, I also think fantasy lists overvalue stolen bases compared to our league. Um, so he, he stole across two levels 34 bases last year, which you know is awesome, but not super impactful in our format. But, you know, a typical five by five fantasy baseball that's hugely valuable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's when you go on fan tracks and you see the prospect grades. I think for the most part, most of us tend to disregard the speed grade. Um, yeah, for sure. It's pretty much the same way that we disregard any of the defensive stats. Maybe, maybe to our, um, uh, maybe to our detriment, because uh, you can see a lot of these guys that end up as DH or first baseman, and suddenly you just have a glut of designated hitters and first baseman. Um, he has, as we, uh, as we, I think said earlier, a really wonderful uh, swing from the left-handed side of the uh, of the plate, and he does have doubles power. Uh, Cole, am I crazy that in in the in the videos that I've watched, he seems to have a lot of movement before um, you know before the pitcher is going going into the windup, but he gets very still as the pitcher is beginning to deliver the pitch. And really, like, his, his mechanics are really great. And I, I'm, I'm obviously I'm not a hitting coach. I'm not, I'm not anybody. You don't need to listen to me. But his mechanics are really wonderful, and I encourage anyone listening to this to actually go on YouTube and watch him because that swing is gorgeous. Yeah, it, it is a nice swing. I'm not a hitting coach, so I'm not going to go into details and waste everyone's time. Um, 
But yeah, the the latest highlight of him is hitting three opposite field doubles or two opposite field doubles and an opposite field home run. So I, anytime you can see someone go with power the opposite way, it it really shows just an advanced approach and um, that is yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and power, saying is, oh, go ahead, please. Uh, pa- power will come. Um, you know, I'm I'm Exhibit A, not to toot my own horn, but uh, hit my first ever over the fence home run uh, last week, and then I hit two more uh, this week. So, hey, you know, so your your power is coming in in your 30s, is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm hoping his comes a little sooner than that, but you know, he's got it's his job to get strong, so I have confidence he can do it. Yeah. I do want to note. He is not at all blocked at the major league level. Um, he's, for one thing, he's San Diego's top prospect at this point, and for another, he's uh, also their top outfield prospect. And I think their outfield right now is Will Myers, Jerickson Profar, who uh, you know prayers up for him. I hope he's doing okay. And Trent Grisham, maybe their center fielder, and I. I think I, I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure that is the case. He's not blocked in any of those positions. Once once he's ready, there's not going to be any reason to, to keep him down. Exactly. So he's not blocked in the major league level or the fancy level. That's that's the great part about outfielders is you know if there's a great right fielder, then they play left, or maybe they can play center or you know DH. Uh, so if if there's a great outfield prospect, teams can usually find a way to put him into the lineup. Like it's it's harder for a third baseman to learn how to play left than it is for a right fielder to learn how to play left. So there, there's no concerns there. They'll they'll call him up when he when he's ready. Yeah, that's and hopefully they call him up. You know, I always want these kids to hit them. Hit them on the It's exciting when they do. It's good for the game, and I I hope they call him up. Uh, well, probably not next year because he's still a baby, but. Uh, in the next couple of years, I'd like to see him playing in San Diego. I'd like to go see a game where he's playing in. Hopefully, he doesn't beat the Dodgers around too much. Yeah, I mean, he, he hasn't played in double A yet, so it's going to be a while. But Well, Cole, do you have any uh, final thoughts on, on Robert Hassel III? Uh, has there ever been a the third in Major League Baseball? I know there's, you know, RG3 in football, but has there been in Major League Baseball? I so, I mean, the history of MLB is such that I'm certain that there has been. Right. Uh, I mean, the, just the pool of players is, is too large for there not to have been. But uh, none immediately come to mind. Obviously, there's juniors, so you can call those the seconds. But uh, the third, no, I can't think of uh, I can't think of a single one. Also, RH3 just doesn't sound as good as RG3. So that's, that's no. And then... Because oh, RG3 has the benefit of the rhyme. RG3. And I, I should note that he also wears the number three. Nope, oh, I'm good. wrong. Number nine. No? That, that, that's a disappointment. Oh. I apologize. I, why would you... I mean, look, you could have just lied. It's not like anybody's going to check you on it. Uh, no, I mean, I, I guess I'm usually the fact checker, so I, I probably could have let it slide. Well, I, I appreciate your candor and your honesty, but I, I think you probably should have just lied, and uh, it would have been, been fun. Yep. It would have been good. 
You ruined my show, Cole. <laughs> he just edited it out. It's fine. <laughs> no, I'm leaving all this. Uh, well, Cole, if, if that's your uh, your final thought on uh, Robert Hassel, I think that's where we're going to leave off for today. This went, oh, I'm going to go ahead and say about 15 minutes longer than I thought it was going to, but I, uh, I couldn't stop. It was so much fun. I love talking baseball. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, fuck, and uh, fuck prospects, yeah. And also, I mean, fuck prospects for sure. And that I, I say that as a guy who sold his entire team off for prospects. Uh, so I, you know, not having fun. But I, I, I mean, you and I have talked about this in the past. Rebuilds are actually fun. Like I, I love rebuilding. It's it's yeah, been it, it's been fun trying to compete with basically just trash. It's it's more fun to watch people hit homers and single A and, like, imagine what could be than it is to actually, like, watch them you know, hit 220 in the majors. So I was I was going to say 260 with, like, 14 home runs and, and basically no counting stats. It's just a yeah, slow death. Yeah, it's more fun to imagine him being, like, Ronald Acuna than watching him put up, like, 2.8 points per game. So, yeah. nice. Well, Cole... I had a wonderful time. Thank you for coming on with me. And um, I hope that you're doing well. I hope everyone's doing well. And I think that's going to do it for us today. Are you any friends that are-